Welcome to Science This Week. This is the weekly podcast in which we talk about all the cool sciencey stuff which is going to give you a better understanding of the world. In today's episode we have a couple of things to talk over. First in line we have a very interesting thing that I read about last week. It was about common mammals like rodents which surprisingly can breathe through their intestines. Rodents and pigs share with certain aquatic organisms the ability to use their intestines for respiration. The researchers demonstrated that the delivery of oxygen gas or oxygenated liquid through the rectum provided widely rescued to two mammalian models of respiratory failure. Artificial respiratory support plays a vital role in the clinical management of respiratory failure due to severe illnesses such as pneumonia or acute respiratory distress syndrome. Although the side effects and safety need to be thoroughly evaluated in humans, our approach may offer a completely new way to support critically ill patients with respiratory failure. Several aquatic organisms have evolved unique intestinal breathing mechanisms to survive under low oxygen conditions using organs other than lungs or gills. For example, sea cucumbers, freshwater fish called loaches, and certain freshwater catfish use their intestines for respiration. but it has been heavily debated whether mammals have similar capabilities in the study the researchers provide evidence that rats mice and pigs can perform intestinal breathing first they designed an intestinal gas ventilation system to administer pure oxygen to the rectum of mice they showed that without the system no mice survived more than 11 minutes of extremely low oxygenated conditions with intestinal gas ventilation more oxygen reached the heart and 75% of the mice survived 15 minutes of normally lethal low oxygen conditions because the intestinal gas ventilation system requires abrasion of the intestinal mucosa it is unlikely to be clinically feasible especially in severely ill patients so the researchers also developed a liquid based alternative using oxygenated perfluorochemicals these chemicals have already been shown clinically to be biocompatible and safe in humans The intestinal liquid ventilation system provided therapeutic benefits to rodents and pigs exposed to non-lethal low oxygen conditions. Mice receiving intestinal ventilation could walk further in the 10% oxygen chamber and more oxygen reached their heart compared to mice that did not receive intestinal ventilation. Similar results were evident in pigs. Intestinal liquid ventilation reversed skin paleness, coldness and increased their levels of oxygenation without producing obvious side effects. Taken together, these results show that this strategy is effective in providing oxygen that reaches circulation and alleviates respiratory failure symptoms in two mammalian model systems. With support from the Japan Agency for Medical Research and Development to combat the coronavirus disease 2019, commonly known as COVID-19 pandemic, the researchers plan to expand their preclinical studies and pursue regulatory steps to accelerate the path to clinical translation. The recent SARS-CoV-2 pandemic is overwhelming the clinical need for ventilators and artificial lungs, resulting in a critical shortage of available devices and endangering the patients' lives worldwide. The level of arterial oxygenated provided by the ventilation system, if scaled for human application, is likely sufficient to treat patients with severe respiratory failure, potentially providing life-saving oxygenation. Now continuing with the topic of medical usage of new scientific developments we have new research that shows that our immune system can be optimized to combat cancer 
A groundbreaking study led by engineering and medical researchers at the University of Minnesota, Twin Cities, shows how engineered immune cells used in new cancer therapies can overcome physical barriers to allow a patient's own immune system to fight tumors. The research could improve cancer therapies in the future for millions of people worldwide. Instead of using chemicals or radiation, immunotherapy is a type of cancer treatment that helps the patient's immune system fight cancer. T-cells are a type of white blood cells that are of key importance to the immune system. Cytotoxic T-cells are like soldiers who search out and destroy the targeted invader cells. While there has been success in using immunotherapy for some types of cancer in the blood or blood-producing organs, a T-cell's job is much more difficult in solid tumors. The tumor is sort of like an obstacle course. These T-cells can get into tumors, but they just can't move around well, and they can't just go where they need to go before they run out of gas and are exhausted. In this first-of-its-kind study, the researchers are working to engineer the T-cells and develop engineering design criteria to mechanically optimize the cells or make them more fit to overcome the barriers. If these immune cells can recognize and get to the cancer cells, they can destroy the tumor. In a fibrous mass of a tumor, the stiffness of the tumor causes immune cells to slow down about twofold, almost like they're running in quicksand. This study is their first publication where they had identified some structural and signaling elements where they can tune these T-cells to make them more effective cancer fighters. To engineer cytotoxic T-cells, the authors used advanced gene editing technologies to change the DNA of the T-cells so that they are better able to overcome the tumor's barriers. The ultimate goal is to slow down the cancer cells and speed up the engineered immune cells. The researchers are working to create cells that are good at overcoming different types of barriers. When these cells are mixed together, the goal is for groups of immune cells to overcome all the different types of barriers to reach the cancerous cells. The researchers say that the next steps are to continue studying the mechanical properties of the cells to better understand how the immune cells and cancer cells interact. The researchers are currently studying engineered immune cells in rodents and in the future are planning clinical trials in humans. While initial research has been focused on pancreatic cancer, the researchers said the techniques they are developing could be used on many types of cancers. Next up, we have got plankton that may hold the secrets to pandemics. Whether it's plankton exposed to parasites or people exposed to pathogens, a host initial immune response plays an integral role in determining whether an infection occurs and to what degree it spreads within a population. A new University of Colorado Boulder research suggests this. One of the biggest patterns that we are seeing in disease ecology and epidemiology is the fact that not all hosts are equal. In infectious disease research, we want to build host immunity into our understanding of how the disease spreads. Invertebrates are a common vector for diseases, which means that they can transmit infectious pathogens between humans or from animal to humans. Vector-bound diseases like malaria account for almost 20% of all infectious diseases worldwide and are responsible for more than 700,000 deaths each year. Yet, epidemiological studies have rarely considered invertebrate immunity and recovery in creatures that are vectors for human disease. They assume that once exposed to a pathogen, the invertebrate host will become infected. While observing the tiny species of zooplankton through its life cycle and exposure to a fungal parasite, the researchers saw this potential in action. Some of the plankton were good at stopping fungal spores from entering their bodies, while others cleared the infection within a limited window of time after ingesting the spores. 
Their research shows that there are several defenses that invertebrates can use to reduce the likelihood of infection and that we really need to understand those immune defenses to understand infection patterns. It's a gruesome process if the plankton fails to ward off the parasite. Its fungal spores attack the plankton's gut, fill its body and grow till they are released and the host finally dies. But they noticed something that had never been recorded before. Some of the doomed plankton recovered. Several years later, they have found that when faced with identical levels of exposure, the success or failure of these infections depends on how the strength of the host's internal defenses during this early limited window of opportunity is. Based on their observations of these individual outcomes, the researchers developed a simple probabilistic model for measuring host immunity that can be applied across wildlife systems with important applications for diseases transmitted to humans by invertebrates. When immune responses are good, they act as a filter that reduces transmission. But any environmental change that degrades immunity can actually amplify the transmission because it will let all of that exposure go through and ultimately become infectious. It's a model that can also apply to COVID-19 as the research has shown that not all hosts are the same in transmitting the coronavirus and exposure does not directly determine the infection. COVID-19 is also believed to be the result of a zoonotic spillover an infection that moved from animals into people, and similar probabilistic models could be advantageous in predicting the occurrence or spread of future spillover events. Thank you for listening to Science This Week. Please subscribe on whichever platform you're listening on so that you may know when we upload the next episode. And tune in next time for more science.